Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, 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 this is it. This is Top Flight Jewel Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along, another Tune Machine episode, the random um, chart-generating blob has done its work and is about to reveal the chart that we're about to look at, so here we go, random blob. Use your gob. Tell us how to do our job. Twelfth of November, nineteen ninety-five. At last, at last, at last we hit the most glorious era in mm-hmm. the history of mankind 1995 i mean we're not quite into euro 96 yet but we're certainly in the build up on the cusp i mean you're going to look at this chart surely you're going to think it's going to be riddled near addled with britpop mm, that's what you'd from think 40 down to 1 that's what you'd think we're going to start off doing the countdown as we always do so we'll find Let's, out just then i tell you what you can almost the- smell the caffrees can't you? You can always can. taste the Caffrey's, smell the Charlie. Yeah, you can. Uh, and we'll hear that. John Major's words echoing around <laughs> in your nap. Oh, the Corns hotline. Back to yeah. basics. All Lovely. of that. With Tony Blair coming up on the reels. Uh, right, here we go. Here's the top 40 then. Number 40. It's a new entry for Sunscream with Exodus. At number 39, down eight places, it's Luther Vandross with Power of Love slash Love Power. Make your mind up, mate. A lot of love, a lot of power. Uh, down five at 38, it's Mariah Carey with Fantasy. Number 37, it's a new entry for Sacred Spirit with Wishes of Happiness and Prosperity. Then there's a further uh, title in brackets, but there literally is not enough room on the screen for me to read it. Something to think about there in future Sacred Spirit. Keep an eye on your admin. Uh, new in at 36, it's Frankie Knuckles featuring a diva with What Do You Want From Me? <laughs> For fuck's sake. Needy. At 35, down eight places, it's Josh Wink with Higher State of Consciousness. I think that's something we've got all hope to attain, attain over the Christmas period coming up. In at 34, it's Guru and Feel the Music. At number 33, it's old Snake Hips himself. Elvis Presley, the king, as far as I'm concerned, forever. I don't care if he's dead. 
with the twelfth of never. Always in our hearts, the king of fried banana sandwiches. Ah, uh, down ten at thirty-two. It's sure with walking in Memphis. You in at thirty-one? It's Groove Theory with Tell Me. He's still the king of pop, but he's down five at thirty. It's Michael Jackson with You Are Not Alone. At twenty-nine, down ten places. It's the TLC girls with Digging on You, Digging with an apostrophe, not with a G. Disgraceful. Someone told me the other day what TLC stands for, and I'll say this, I can't repeat it on the radio. Uh, down 12 at 28, UB40, until my dying day. At 27, it's Shaggy with Boombastic. Straight in at number 26, it's Therapy with Diane. <laughs> at number 25, it's Eternal, the power of a woman. Down 11 at 24, Roughneck, he's featuring Yavan, and it's Everybody Be Somebody. New in at 23, it's Clock with In The House. I've got a clock in my house, mate, and it's invaluable. (laughs) (laughs) Down eight at number 22, Smokey featuring Roy Chubby Brown, and I can't read the title of it. At number 21, it's The Rolling Stones with Bob Dylan's classic, Like a Rolling Stone. I see what they've done there. Pick the Uh, bones out of that one. Standing still at number 20, Ace of Base with Lucky Love. New in at 19, Ding Dong, who's that? It's the Pizza Man with happiness. I know my Pizza Man always delivers happiness in the form of a large Hawaiian and a a 1.5 litre bottle of Pepsi Max. Extra pineapple on that for me, please. (laughs) Uh, Brand new in at number 18, it's the beautiful South, those miserable Northerners with pretenders to the throne. At number 17, you in, it's Alex Party with Wrap Me Up. Oh, sounds like he's a present at his own party. Straight in at number 16, this guy could be the new Elvis Presley, I feel. Sean Maguire with You To Me Are Everything. Lovely looking young man with fantastic, impeccable manners. At number 15, it's Saint Etienne with He's On The Phone. Who's on the phone? I guess we'll never know. Nope. Down uh, four places at number 14. It's Def Leppard, When Love and Hate Collide. Simple as that. Nasty. I've seen that happen before and it's unpleasant. It can happen. can make a Nasty. mess. Usually ends 13, up in the law courts. At number 13, uh, down by, yeah, it was very similar to the breakup of me and my wife. She loved me <laughs> and I hated her. <laughs> Great stuff. Never gets old. Never gets old. Uh, 13, down. Uh, down four places. It's simply red with fairground. Brand new in at number twelve. It's Enya, the smooth, smooth sounds of Enya. This one's called mm. Anywhere Is. So relaxing. Oh. New in at number eleven. It's Whitney Houston, a lovely young lady with the song Exhale brackets Shoop Shoop, whatever that bloody oh, means. Well, straight in at ten. Tina Turner with the theme tune to the brand new James Bond film Golden Eye. At number nine, it's Meat Loaf, who claims, I'd lie for you, brackets, and that's the truth. Clever bit of uh, wordplay there. Very confusing there, Mr Loaf. I'd like to question <laughs> you further about that, but not right now, because down four at eight places, it's Queen, led by the great dead Freddie Mercury, and this is called Heaven for Everyone. Perhaps he's singing from heaven, who knows? Being dead won't stop our Freddie. Number seven, new in. It's the Happy Clappers with I Believe. Down one place at number six, East 17. They're talking about thunder. Number five, Madonna with You'll See. Will we? I hope so. What's she going to show us? I hope it's a You tits. never know with her. 
volatile creature. <laughs> I got that book six, mate. It was absolutely mind blowing. Yep, I've got five copies, one for each room in the house. <laughs> uh, up two places at number four. Uh, everything but the girl. They're missing. At number three, it's horrible long-haired louts from the North Country, Oasis with Wonder Wall. They should ban them like they banned the Sex Pistols. Disgusting. Disgusting. Up one place at number two, it's Coolio. He's featuring LV on his song Gangster's Paradise. I think that's how they say it in the rap world. And at number one, thank God that some decency still exists in this world. It's those lovely chaps, Robson and Jerome, out of the program about soldiers, trained killers. <laughs> With, I believe, it's a double A side, mate. I believe on one side, up on the roof on the other. Can't say fairer than that. Hey, even trained killers are allowed to relax and sing a few songs of an evening. <laughs> once they've done a bit of stabbing and maiming. Great stuff. Great chart. Thanks, mate. Uh, what there a chart. Is. Well, it's interesting because definitely November 95, you would think that... In fact, I, I remember I used to make me end of year singles of the year cassette, yeah? Mm. Uh, and I'd been doing it for years. And I always drew the cover. I would do a little design for the cover. <laughs> right. Would you use your coloured pencils? I would get all use my best tips? pencils out. Mum, you know it's time for me to do my end of year mixtape. You shall have to give me some money to go to our price to buy all the singles that I want to put on the tape that I don't already own. If not, it won't be a fair reflection of what actually happened in the musical landscape in this year when historians discover it. The historians will be confused. And we can't Do have you want to deprive mother? history of my taste in music? <laughs> I on made the cassette it, format, which will certainly live forever. I made this uh, cassette... Single, and I, I have particularly vivid memories of making the 95 cassette, and I drew on the cover of it. You'll mock me for this, mm. but at the time, it felt appropriate. Now it just feels really corny. But what right. I drew for this, I tried to make every year, and I, like I said, I reckon I've probably been doing this since I was about 13 or something. Right. By 95, I would have been 20, and I would try to make the cover design in some way relevant to the year and right, yeah. this particular year the cover was simply a target you know like an RAF oh, mod yeah. style very Britpop yeah. target because I thought <laughs> that's the that's the pattern that sums up the Britpop movement that's so prevalent now mother <laughs> <laughs> do you understand no I thought you wouldn't you stupid you woman fogey. You're still listening to Cliff Richard, you make me sick. Whereas I am mad for it. Do you even know what that means? Of course you don't. Mad for it, mad for it, that's me. <laughs> so I, uh... Myself yeah. and some of my university friends are going to go to Manchester. We're putting a bus on. And we're buying enormous coats. Because that's what's fashionable to wear in Manchester. <laughs> and you'll have to give me the money, mother. You'll have to do We're extra cleaning shifts. But I need to buy invest- a huge anorak. We're going to invest in the comfort market. No, I don't know what it is either. <laughs> uh, I did a target. Yeah, cassette, yeah. And, so, and that's what I think of when I think this year. I think, oh, yeah, it was the Britpop year. But in actual fact, this chart, obviously <laughs> I love it just on the fact it's from the mid-90s, which yeah. just makes me feel happy. 
But it's, uh, well, there's probably only, in the whole top 40 that we just went through, there is one song out of 14 that falls into the Britpop category, which, of course, is Wonderwall by Oasis. But there are, there is bloody hell, people remember that era for one particular genre, right? But what a huge array of genres there are. What an eclectic chart. And also, so much good stuff. But just I mean, not looking, what you would automatically expect. I'm, I'm looking for the Britpop to see where it's gone. There's a few. There's loads of Oasis singles down the lower reaches of the 100 that mm. we've got access to here. Pretty much all of them are down between 80 and 100. But then we've got uh, Echo Belly are there as well. They just dropped out the charts. King of the Curb. Um, Misshape sort of reason Wiz had dropped out. That's at number 60. Uh, Wanna Dies, McCormick and Butler, kind of Stone Roses, all in that sort of genre. I think, I, think, I think 96 was an even bigger year for yeah. it. But certainly Maybe 94, they were just 90... For the, they might have been gearing up for the Christmas number one. There might have been a few singles. 94, before. 95 and 96 were the years where it was, it was big. And then after that, by 97, it was kind of over. Yeah, they all just got on the fucking gack, and it all went tits up, didn't it? Mm. But it, it it's it's a for it, it's a chart of um, mixed emotions for me. This because I was oh. still at our price. Mm. This was a year before I left our price, and the Robson and Jerome phenomenon did my fucking nothing. Oh, I'm not surprised. They mate. just the oh, fuck me. Those singles saw like hotcakes. I mean, they were number one singles anyway because. Like you said, it was two killers chilling out and making some nice old songs. But- In between portraying figures on a um, part of one of Margaret Thatcher's government-backed death squads yeah. in Northern Ireland. And, and, <laughs> and they would just record classic songs. But you've got the additional uh, attraction of Robson Green being a Geordie. So I was working mm. in Washington in Tyne and Wee, which is kind of halfway between Sunland and Newcastle. Mm. So it was just fucking catnip for people. Right, there. give us one of them fucking records by Robson R- that, Green. That, the lad Robson. He's a fucking can. He's one of our own. Oh, give us half our a dozen. Oh, uh, he started out. He started out in the, in the casualty. He was just a porter in the hospital. Mm. No, no, he's a soldier. Oh, who knows where he can go next? He's going Incredible all the stuff. way to fucking Hollywood, mate. Uh, he's gonna be bigger than Jimmy Nail. Oh, yeah, his next thing he'll do will probably be a spaceman. <laughs> but, um, fucking hell. And the Soldier Soldier videos, because it wasn't mm. DVDs then, whenever they'd release the new Soldier Soldier VHS, and they'd release them in, like, installments that have, like, fucking four episodes on each one. So it'd be, like, Fuck series four, soldier. volume two. I'd never seen an episode of this stupid fucking programme nah, in my life. Either. No, either. Sort of thing my mum would watch. She, in fact, my massive. mum would have definitely fancied them. But like I've said before, my mum basically fancied any male who was on television. Right. Well. <laughs> Pretty much. You'd just be like, you can't really mention anyone without going, oh, mm. I thought he was quite, he was quite dishy. Dishy, But yeah, like, Robson and Jerome would have been, yeah, totally. She, I don't know, maybe she, would she have bought it? I tell you what, a bit of a Cosmos moment though, because um, uh, up on the roof, which I think was mm. originally The Drifters, wasn't it? Yeah. You know who wrote that? Carol King. And the reason really? I have recall on that 
is because mm-hmm. only this morning, we're recording this on the 12th of February, there was an, an article in The Guardian, a paper that I take. I don't <laughs> yes, take I still yours. take The Guardian. What of it? I look in, I looked on the website and there was a thing about 50th anniversary of her famous album, Tapestry, mm. which is a great record. And it was all sure different. Uh, it was all different singers paying tribute mm. to it. And someone, I can't remember who, one of them was going on about the lyrics to Up on the Roof and how right. it's some of the greatest like lyrical phrasing. And I was thinking, yeah, sort of shit that song though. Um, but then I thought, but then again, I'm surprised I think that because Carol King is one of the few songwriters in ever in the history of pop and rock and roll who sort of like only wrote good songs. Like she yeah. couldn't, she couldn't write a bad one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I fucking she tried. Put it in the bin. She said, never got to hear it. Trust me, I fucking tried writing a shit song just for a laugh. See if I can do it. Can't fucking do it. <laughs> Not possible, mate. Every time I fucking try, I end up writing something like, will you still love me tomorrow? Fucking banger. <laughs> but then I realised now, I was so weirdly that song was in my head because it's a sort of an irritating song that will drift around your head once it's there. Mm. And that was only a small note of the article. And then we choose this chart at, at random and it's at number one. Mm-hmm. And I realised probably the reason I have negative thoughts about it is that although I know it was originally by the Drifters, it's fucking Robson and Jerome singing it a pair of cunts. Yeah. Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jalapeño. Well, I mean, you know, that, that era of when the Drifters did it is littered, riddled, with fucking brilliant classic songs. So it's not a classic up on the roof. It's there. No. It's... They were more talking... This, this person in the interview was going on about the lyrics, saying how the lyrics were so kind of universal. You get away from the bustling crowd and all my worries and fears drift away. Something like that. I can't remember. Well, it's, like, it's, it's, the, it's the prototype anthem for dads on roofs, isn't it? Get yeah. away from all my worries, get up on the roof. That's right. That you, you, so, you're totally right. That is exactly why dads are always finding excuses to yeah. go up on roofs because they'll never say, "I'm going up on the roof just for a fucking relax and a fag." Yeah, they'll always go, "I've got to go up and look at a pointing, right, or something like that." And if there's any role models for uh, dads, it's it's Robson and Jerome, isn't it? Killing machines with a softer side. That's mm. just. Dads love that sort of thing. Yeah, so for, yeah. In, for, in many ways, I guess it it launched a sort of a new perspective on how to dad. Robson yeah, this and launched Jirai. the dad on the roof. 
phenomenon yeah, that we've covered we on did. this podcast at great length. So we're criticising Robson and Jerome. Maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should tip our hats to them instead. They, didn't they I don't know. break records at the time for records? That's something really depressing. And that, like, people oh, will always it, look back and go, oh, yeah, the mid 90s, there's so much great music. But they forget. It's a bit like when. People always trot out other sort of pop facts, like the way that Eng- Engelbert Humperdinck beat Strawberry mm. Fields to number one, right? Mm-hmm. And it's a similar thing. Like we become obsessed with the like we've done years that people would have would have associated with punk music, and there might have been two punk records in the whole top forty. Yeah. So it's not that charts are dominated by particular acts. It's just that those acts maybe get more press yeah. coverage or just seem like to define the way that young people are living. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I think that Robson Jerome was selling record numbers. Oh, it was, I mean, it was insane in our mm. price in Washington. It, it was, lunch hour was insane because you just get, it, it was all women that were coming in, middle-aged women coming mm. from wherever the fuck they worked in the shops, offices, <laughs> wherever, from the DSS that was based across the road. They were coming in uh, their I'm droves. Are you, do you want me to get your sandwich? No, I'm going out for my lunch today. <laughs> oh, you don't usually go out for lunch. You usually bring something in. Aye, but I've got to get up to our price, haven't I? Got to get me fucking <laughs> Robson on. <laughs> we'll just have a fucking pile of them. We'll have 50 copies coming in twice a day. Just, just put them by the counter so you don't have to go out the back. They'd be queuing up and I'd be like, yeah, Robson and Jerome, is it? Yeah, okay, there you go. 3 99 thank go, you very you much. Twat. And I'm like, this is not what I got into working in a fucking record shop. I want to stand here and try, look enigmatic and... Play the new fucking Andrew Weatherall remix. Yeah, you wanted to have gone down that. Didn't you ever try and go down the road to one of the trendy independent record shops that you no doubt bought your own records from and nah, try to get a gig there? Nah, they would have paid shit, wouldn't they? The pay was shit, yeah. What do we work for them cunts for? Yeah. And there's no management because you were on the management scheme at one point, weren't you? Being, hadn't you been earmarked was, for the top? I'd, yeah, I had. I was a senior sales assistant at the time. Mm. Which gave me certain um, responsibilities, cashing up, things like that, um, passing on messages. I used to get a message from head office, and mm. this is before the days of emails and stuff. So there was like a chain thing. So a, a message would come from head office, and it would be passed on by phone. And you'd have to the, the person in the shop before you in the chain would read it out. Wow. And it would be like here's here's the price changes for this weekend, and you'd have mm. to write them out very carefully. And then ring the next shop in the chain and tell them like Chinese whispers. Now, what if you forgot or someone just didn't fucking do it or didn't answer the phone? Everything could collapse. Fucking chain, chain would collapse. Yeah, sackable yeah. offence breaking the chain. Presumably, well, this is why only the senior sales assistants and above could do that because mm. you know we had to be responsible. Yeah. Um, Great times in the world of yeah. retail. So, but yeah, round um, the fucking you know. Black Flag Records or whatever it was called, you know, yeah. where you went to get all your full albums and stuff like yeah. that, they would have not had yeah. any management training opportunities at all, would they? They, they could barely dress themselves some, to be honest. Yeah, You could have been a big fish in a small pond, though, because if you'd gone in and brought all your corporate know-how, the processes mm. and efficiencies of what was known as big vinyl, right, yeah. which is yeah. what, what our price was part of, you could have turned those record shops around. You could have been the I main have, man. I could have. I could have. I think they would have rebuffed me and my corporate uh, ways. Yeah, you'd have to lied on your CV. It, it, it would. I mean, some of them would have survived a lot longer than they did. The one round the corner from our price, 
in Washington was Volume Records, which was a great shop, and I loved it, and I bought stuff from there. Mm. But I bought most of my stuff from our price because I could order, I could order anything in, and then get a yeah, yeah. discount. So just order it. I got a yeah. volume. Yeah, if you'd gone um, around there, they would have said you'd have had to leave our price off of your CV, and then they'd have said, "I can't help but notice there's a big gaping hole on your CV here." Where have you been for the last three years and why haven't you got any record shop experience? And you'd have to say, I've actually been in New York yeah. working in a record shop there. Yeah. Which burnt down and that's why I'm yeah. back again it, with all my American experience. It, didn't didn't it was that either. cool that it didn't have a name or an address. That's how cool and underground yeah, it was. That's where I've worked. if you need, well, we're going to need a reference, Lake. And you go, okay, here's a fucking reference. You just write down a really long made up number. And they go, well, I'm not calling that. Sounds a bit expensive. I'll have to take your word for it. (laughs) (laughs) And then anyway, that's that's what you might have done. But um, at number two, I mean, we're not just go for it in order, but I would say the first four records on this list are worth like mentioning. Gangster's Paradise. That was definitely on my end of year cassette. Was it? Um, And it is a fucking really good song. It's just a good yeah. song, mate. I mean, I know it's yeah. like Stevie Wonder, but but actually he's taken... See, it's not really a cover because he's taken Pastime Paradise and mm-hmm. he's done his own rapping over it. And it. But it's really good. I mean, it's silly. It's sort of pop hip-hop, but it's fucking good. Yeah. I, I wasn't massively into it, I've got to say. But, oh, uh, I love it. I was, I was into Wu-Tang Clan by that point. Yes. You see, 95. And I thought Coolio was for the children. Yeah, well, it is. It's it's pop hip hop, but yeah, I liked it anyway. I thought it was really good. Power and the money, money and the power. Yeah, now, so think about uh, it. I don't like minute to after trick minute, you. Hour after hour. I, I don't like to t- trick you by talking about Oasis because they're one of your trigger bands. But <laughs> Wonderwall was a good song, and they were, yeah. despite everything we've said, so preeminent in this era. In fact, I seem to remember that he's not in this chart, but Mike Flowers pop. He, oh! he he did a sort of a silly cover version and they were both in like the top 10 at the same yeah. time. I in fact uh, think that he might have got to number one before them. I'll have to check that. But he he, he was a like number- a sort of a a kind of a, uh, what do you call it, a parody 60s, uh, what do you call those yeah. kind of singers, lounge singer sort of thing. Yeah, well, that was that must have come out a month or so after this because that came out just before Christmas and that went in at number two. I, yeah. I seem to recall. Didn't get a number one, thankfully. They were in, they were in a I race fucking... against each other for Christmas number one. I don't think either of them made it. No. Oasis had dropped away by then, and Mike Flowers came along. But this is the era of Chris Evans' Radio 1 breakfast show. Yeah. That was what launched Mike Flowers' pops to the top of most of the pop of most. What, because um, he kept playing I, it, did he? Yeah, yeah. Evans made that one, and I fucking hated that. I like Wonderwall. I don't think What's the Story, Morning Glory is a great album. I love, um, I love the first Oasis album. I thought that yeah. was brilliant. I Definitely thought What's the Story, be. Morning Glory was all right. Some good songs on it, some rubbish. Mm. Um, it had the whiff of cocaine about it. The, the a little bit. That, and then that, with the third album, afterwards. which I thought yeah. signalled the end of Britpop officially. Mm. it was like an extension of What's the Story, Morning Glory. It took a bit of what we'd seen hints of on What's the, Morning Sto- yeah. uh, What's the Story, Morning Glory, like like the song What's the Story, Morning Glory, which was very like there was a huge over-elaborate kind of intro and it sort of verged on the operatic. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
and it was like mm, they're showing hints of self-indulgence here and then by yeah, the time it exactly. got to the third album the whole thing was just fucking well the, the third album had all around the world on it didn't it a 10 minute fucking song yeah. which they'd been they'd been talking about for a while and they hadn't released it and said, a, this is going to well, be our masterpiece yeah yeah because he, he kept going on Noel Gallagher kept going on about I, I wrote it when I was on a building site you know and all this sort of stuff <laughs> And uh, and and they, the, the, I also remember them saying, "It's so good that the first time I played it to Bonehead, he cried." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Whoa, that fellow yeah. Bonehead doesn't look like he cries easy." I mean, his name's Bonehead. <laughs> That's not the name of a man who's crying all over the place, you know. It's that. Well, uh, what's that classic phrase? You can't get tears out of a born. Well, yeah, you know what precisely. I mean? so, but you, you can out of him if you play him all around the world. So I must say, I was thinking. Because they've been talking about it for so long and they kept saying that, but made Bonehead cry, made Bonehead cry, <laughs> right? They fucking, when it came out, I was like, what the, what this? I mean, <laughs> when's you know, it going to finish? <laughs> it's good if you like the Beatles or the Ruttles, you know, yeah, Ruttles, I wouldn't yeah. say it's shit. I thought in that era they didn't write any shit songs because Noel Gallagher <laughs> could write really good tunes during that era. And also Liam Gallagher was a great singer, but he could write good songs, but. Yeah, I mean, they just became more and more of a parody. But I would say Wonderwall was, when it came out, that was a very good song. And they were everywhere at this time. And you couldn't kind of get away from Oasis. I mean, Wonderwall never got a number one. They were on every TV show and everything. Yeah, Wonderwall never got a number one, but it was the one that that made the leap from them being still slightly culty into them being a massive household name. Yeah. Yeah, this was, was when like people started saying, "Oh, they're the new Beatles," and they, of course they never yeah. became that big. But they they looked like they could because it was yeah. like everyone, your mum and fucking everyone yeah. knew who they were, knew what the songs were. They were in every tabloid newspaper, every broadsheet newspaper, every radio and TV show. I mean, when was the Nebworth gig that they did? I think what, that two was, gigs they maybe, did. Maybe that was ninety six. I'm looking now. Was that ninety six as well? Uh, Oh, yeah, 96. And it was something like one in 12 people in the country applied for tickets for it. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. Like, like I didn't apply, but only because I thought I probably wouldn't get get there. But my mate went and he said it was so intense and such a hot day. There was like, they were in the queue <laughs> for the beer and people were just passing out all over the place. Jesus Christ. I tell you what, the what? film they made, someone made about this era and and how big Oasis got. If, you, if you're a younger listener and you'll be aware that Oasis were big, but the sort of sense of which, especially if you were young, like I was a student, I was 20 years old, and it felt like you'd get up and go to shops and suddenly, like and, and like, whether I was in London or in Brighton, they were just like, Oasis were like a shadow that hung over everything. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. people were dressing like them and, yeah. you know... Well, that, that I mean, working in our price, you, you see that happening in real time because the people who come in, mm. some of them regulars, you see them change and mutate yeah. from what they used to dress like and then they suddenly become more and more Gallagher-esque, let's say, yeah. in the way they, they walk and they talk oh, mate, and all that I, sort I, of I thing. Full, and they're like, Kathy Burke. They're, like, they're like Kathy Burke on Harry Enfield. Yeah. I, Perry I was, went to Manchester for the weekend. I was like that. I put on... Um, I, I grew my hair around that era... I had a full fucking Liam Gallagher haircut, although eventually it became more like the Supercross for because I grew massive fucking mutton chops, huge ones, <laughs> right? And uh, 
and you know wear the anorak and all of that fucking wearing sunglasses indoors I did that it's embarrassing did wa- I'm did, cringing did the about wa- like it you, like you had a 50 pence piece jammed up your arsehole all no, I would say I would say that despite all of those sort of things I fell into, um, I always maintained the Cockney strut because I think <laughs> you know you can get into Oasis, you can you can worship the sort of Manchester look and the sound of mm. their bands, but ultimately, the thing was I had to turn up at West Ham every week, and the more kind of Britpopish my appearance became, yeah, the more pressure I came under. I was sitting in the rough, the rough person's yeah. seats, yeah. and uh, I would be, and I'd be at university. Me, me and my mate, we would drive back in his car every Saturday for the game, mm. and we would come back on the train midweek for midweek games. And these seats we've been sitting in for years, and it was a rough bit of it. And I think there were certain courts of the East End where, let's say, the Britpop movement never quite took hold in yeah. the way it did around the rest of the country. Yeah, they, they weren't emotionally invested in it quite there as much There might as have been scepticism in places yeah. like Canning Town <laughs> about about the cultural significance of the uh, of the Gallagher brothers and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I mean, I would come up the steps and it got to a stage where it was like I was getting shouted at quite a lot. Mm. <laughs> like, you know, where the fuck is this stay You get a fucking haircut, you can't, and all this sort well, of yeah, stuff. Well, yeah, you did the right thing. You deviated away from Manchester and towards Supergrass, which were from Oxford, I think. They were from Oxford. So, and in fact, southern... he lived in Brighton, so he sometimes would be on the oh, same yeah. train as me on the way home. Oh, hello, you're the man from Supergrass. Look, I've grown my sideburns like yours. Just like you. And <laughs> I've, I've, I've been shopping around to try and get a chopper bike. So I can be like you in the video. Uh, you live in Brighton just like I do. Perhaps I could be in your pop music band. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of cringy stuff um, from that era. Mm. But if I look at the the uh, charts beyond that well, song, I, there's I'm so much other great there. music that had nothing to do with any of it. Yeah, and I'm going to stop you there because we've run out of time and there's so much mm. more in this chart we can get into. Mm. So we'll do it in the next there's, there's Tune a, Machine there's episode. A, there's a good dozen songs that are infinitely better yeah. than Wonderwall that we haven't got onto <laughs> yet and have <laughs> nothing to do with Britpop. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, all right, that's that from this one then and we'll be back with uh, more in the future if indeed we have a future. Farewell. Goodbye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.